Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 129 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, we have been uh, covering all the bases here um, in terms of our uh, women's uh, relationships that they're having, right? We talked about fried green tomatoes and kind of the power of friendship and uh, potential love story, depending on how you are interpreting that. Uh, We talked about little women, the power of sisterhood and having, you know, kind of the strong uh, core family uh, group, you know, between these sisters. And today we're talking about the power of having a community of strong, uh, you know, helpful, uh, supportive women uh, behind you. And that film is Steel Magnolias. That's right. Uh, Steel Magnolias was a play. It became a film. It was uh, became another film. They tried to do a TV version of this. This was a, a staple as a person who lived south of I don't know what is it the Mason Dixon line is that is that mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um it's about a bunch of women who are in the south uh in a made up place called Chickapin Parish in Louisiana um and all of the things that happen to them as they kind of go through a, a period of time in their lives they have children and they have uh marriages and all of that and it's um kind of I don't want to say it's a cult classic because a cult classic would denote that this was uh, not not well thought of, or it has this underground underswell. Yeah, that usually has yeah. kind of a negative uh, connotation. But yeah, right. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case here. Yeah, right. So th- this this while it didn't win a ton of awards, uh, it is a much loved kind of quote unquote chick flick for a lot of people. Um, my mom watched it a million times. Um, I watched it a million times growing up. Um, I think a lot of people do, did and do still love this film. And so that's one of the reasons why we're going to talk about it, because we need to understand what the big deal is about Steel Magnolias. We have to understand what the big deal is, and we have to understand what kind of cocktail we're going to make for it. So uh, we've got a good one coming uh, this week, Michaela. We enjoyed a couple of these uh, yesterday while we were mixing these up. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break. We'll bust out the pitcher, and we'll get some strawberry vodka going, and we'll be right back to whip up this week's cocktail. My colors are blush and bashful, Mama. I have chosen two shades of pink. One is much deeper than the other. I like pink. Pink is my signature color. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So says uh, Shelby. Uh, And that is where this cocktail is coming from. It is called the Shelby. And we grabbed this one from ShabbyCreekCottage.com. Look for the link in the uh, show description uh, down there. But yeah, this encapsulates all the things that you think of uh, when you think of Shelby um, and her pink stylings because it is pink uh it is uh it, it seems to be like a very very kind of kind of the southern uh lemonade kind of kind of limeade kind of kind of thing uh that you're doing uh it's pretty delicious this would be delicious on a hot summer day uh definitely down in new orleans uh i was in new orleans over the winter and it was already hot summer days and it was like uh february is ridiculous uh so i can't even imagine in the summer especially you know if you got you got all that uh hairspray in your hair like shelby does you're getting ready for a wedding uh you need one of these to cool off michaela right. guaranteed yeah. guaranteed that's right it takes some effort to look like this um this this drink we made it up and we were like i don't know we took one sip and was like whoa this has the the 
the beginnings of greatness in it. And it's really simple. So um, I'm going to run through the ingredients uh, for you real quick. This is going to make up uh, probably two or three drinks, depending on how large your pours are. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, so you're going to start with five ounces of strawberry vodka. Now, a word to the wise about the strawberry vodka. Uh, I would pick something that is not already pre-sweetened. So we had a really wonderful strawberry vodka that you found, Brian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from uh, Method and Standard. It's a really kind of high quality one. Um, I was looking at my uh, local uh, liquor store for strawberry vodka, and there were a bunch of like redberry vodkas, but I only found a couple of strawberry vodkas. Um, normally when I'm doing like a flavored vodka, I'll go with like an absolute because that's kind of kind of like the benchmark for them, but they didn't have strawberry. I know that they make it, so they may have it in your market, but I found this Method and Standard one. Um, so you can you can find that. You can find some other good ones. Um, I know like, like Pinnacle Vodka makes a bunch of flavored ones, but those tend to be like sweeter um more candyish flavored so yeah. if you're going if you're going to go that route and that's totally fine you might just need to adjust uh the amounts of you know other sugar that you're putting into this uh here later in your cocktail steps absolutely so you're gonna take this strawberry vodka you're gonna put it in a pitcher um because then you're gonna pour this out like 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 lemonade on a hot day okay so put in a big pitcher you're gonna add the juice of three limes do not use uh packaged lime juice for this trust me Promise you, I'm not steering you wrong. Then you're going to put in half a cup, which sounds like a lot, half a cup of simple syrup. Um, we've talked about this. It's my favorite thing to make on this show. It's just a cup of sugar, a cup of water. You heat it until it's melted, a cup, a cup, a cup. Of, um, you definitely don't need it to boil. You don't want to scald the sugar. You just need the sugar to melt. And then you put it in a glass jar, cool it, and you can add it to any cocktail you want. Um, this cause calls for half a cup. Uh, that's a lot. Um, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But just know that that if you're going to use sweetened vodka, sweetened strawberry vodka, you might want to cut that down. Um, then you're going to add two ounces of grenadine. And then 10 ounces of mineral water. Now, we used Perrier um, because that's what we had on hand. But if there's any other mineral water that you like out there, have mm -hmm. at it. Um, so that's what you're going to put in the pitcher. Then you're going to stir that up nice and gently. And uh, you're going to put it in a glass with some crushed ice and add some strawberries for garnish. And voila, you have this pink limeade Southern Perfection sweet drink. Yeah. Voila. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You can uh, use whatever mineral water you want. You could probably use like club soda. You could you could probably even use like a like a Sprite seven up kind of thing if you uh, felt so inclined uh, to do that, too, um, which would be which would be really good. You definitely want to dial down the, the simple syrup if you're going to use a soda, uh, though, for sure. But uh, yeah, you mix you mix this up and and you sip and and enjoy yeah this tasted uh perfectly like summer it reminds me kind of kind of last year i think around this time we did a league of their own we did like this peach uh lemonade kind of thing uh this was kind of right up that same alley but uh with the strawberries and i i, I don't think i never had strawberry vodka so i wasn't 100 percent sure because sometimes strawberry flavored things i don't always love it, it can have a tendency to taste uh very artificial so uh really if you if you use a a really you know good quality one this one that we had from method and standard you could actually see like the like the little bits of like the strawberry where they'd infused uh the actual strawberries into the vodka it was it was really lovely it smelled very like light and crisp it wasn't like that overly like i don't know like strawberry kool-aid kind of kind of scent you yeah. get from from artificial strawberry this was lovely, Michaela. Yeah. This was this was lovely. Oh, this was so good. Um, we took a couple sips and I immediately made the oh, sound. <laughs> and um, 
that's always a good sign. Uh, I thought it might be a little sweet. Um, and for me, it was a little sweet. I think next time, if I was to make a picture of this again, which I will be doing, I'm going to cut down the simple syrup probably uh, by a, a third or a fourth. And maybe yeah. instead of doing half a cup, do you know, a, th a third, maybe. Yeah, I would, um, I would, I would, e I would either do that, um, reduce that. I would probably, if I was doing it, I would probably leave the half cup of simple syrup, but maybe, uh, do the lime from an extra or the juice from an extra lime. So maybe, uh, do like four limes instead of the three, uh, get a little bit more of that, uh, kind of citrus, uh, yeah. you know, uh, bite to it there to cut through that sugar a little bit. Yeah. Good call. Uh, but this this was amazing. I definitely think um, any I, I don't own a beauty parlor. I don't have a Truvies, um, but I have a lot of friends that are female that we love to talk and gossip and see what's going on in our lives. And I definitely will be making this over the summer. Um, it is a summertime drink and it's real easy to make. Um, and that strawberry vodka. Oh, my gosh. I, I could not get over how great it was. Because right. it wasn't too sweet. <laughs> it was, it's very special. If you find Method and Standard, I totally recommend it. That was really good. Yeah, absolutely. So grab some strawberry vodka, mix one of these up. You can use the rest of the strawberry vodka to do like a like a vodka tonic. That would be delicious uh, with the strawberry vodka. So so do that. So mix up a picture of this. Let us know how you like it and uh, send us pictures, all that good stuff. But for now, Michaela, what we need to do, we need to go, we need to get our hair done. Because uh, there's about to be a wedding, there's about to be uh, a, a birth of a new child, there's about to be uh, some some sadness going on, there's going to be some good friends, but some some hard times. We're after going to get into all that, so let's mix up another pitcher of this strawberry vodka concoction, the Shelby, and we'll be right back to chat about this week's film, Steel Magnolias. Spoiler warning for Steel Magnolias. If you've not seen this film... You've had plenty of time to do it. We're going to talk about all of it. And you might start thinking at the beginning of watching this that it's a happy comedy. And it is, but it's also really depressing. And we're going to talk about all the sad bits. So if you're in your car, please don't cry and get into an accident. Like, be careful. Listen, mm -hmm. listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. everybody just, yeah. Spoiler warning, safety warning. This is a tough, <laughs> this is a tough conversation that we're about to have. So buckle in, folks. Yeah, uh, hairspray warning. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah, all, all kinds of warnings for Steel Magnolias, for sure. Uh, what do we know about it? This came out in 1989. It was directed by Herbert Ross, and it was based off of the original uh, story and play by Robert Harling, uh, who based this uh, story kind of on his uh, sister and kind of her, uh, her life uh, there. So that's kind of a nice uh, little note. Uh, this stars a who's who, uh, basically, from the late 1980s. Uh, uh, some absolute uh, superstar, crazy, crazy cast here. We got Shirley MacLaine. We've got Sally Field, we've got Olympia Dukakis, we've got Dolly Parton, we've got Daryl Hannah, Tom Skerritt, Sam Shepard, and uh, another uh, another actress uh, who is about to just become huge, larger than life, Julia Roberts. That's right. Uh, we've got some really amazing performances on the periphery by Dylan McDermott and Kevin J. O'Connor as well. Um there's just so many amazing performances of acting in this uh, that I'm really surprised that it didn't get uh, nominated for more awards. But unfortunately, it did not. Um, it only was nominated for one Oscar, and that was for uh, Best Actress for Julia Roberts. And uh, unfortunately, she did not win, um, which is we're going to talk about this because I think that there are so many other performances that also should have been given uh, at least an Oscar nod because they're amazing performances and really varied in their um, kind of the way in which they, they are portrayed. Um, but the score, I do want to talk about the score because okay, the first okay. time... 
first time I ever saw this film, uh, it opens up really beautifully. It's uh, this little town. Um, it's based in this place called Chinkapin Parish, uh, which is a, uh, it's in Northwestern Louisiana. It's um, not a real place, but this um, place was filmed in Nachitoches. And you see uh, Daryl Hannah's character. Um, her name is Anail Dupuy. And she's walking through this Sunday morning town. It's kind of a sleepy town that's just waking up. Uh, it's, it's Easter Sunday. So it's all of these really nostalgic moments while this beautiful um, score is just streaming by. It's really lovely string instruments. And I will never forget the first time I saw this opening scene because you see her walk by all these places. There's like um, baseball teams, like little league baseball runners running across from her. There's a guy delivering paper, a little boy delivering paper, and they're all so polite and they're all so nice. And she mm -hmm. looks a little lost, but she's going through all these places and you see her come upon a Presbyterian church and they're getting a wedding ready. I don't know why they're not having Easter service. I, I, I'm not going to worry about that. Um, but I see you see that there's like thousands of pink flowers everywhere. You see that there's um, tons of uh, stuff coming out of these trucks, putting together this wedding and this reception. Um, that is she goes by the play, the house where the reception is and she hears gunshots because we got some guy in the back shooting up at the tree to try and get all the birds out. Um, it's an amazing opening scene. Yeah, absolutely. It gets uh, gets the uh, stage set for where this place is, for sure. It's very kind of idyllic, uh, small town America. She's walking through there. You get all the you know, kind of white picket fences and like you said, baseball fields and uh, just this, uh, you know, picture perfect uh, little town when you when you think of a uh, small town America. Yeah. And she's uh, she's walking on through. We're, we're uh, getting to getting to see the town there and yeah, stumbles upon this uh kind of a wedding reception uh, setup going on, which is absolute insanity. So, um, Michaela, we mentioned that this is based off of a play and like a lot of plays, there's kind of kind of two two acts to this, right? You have kind of the first act, which establishes your character. Uh, a lot of times they're going to be kind of zany and it gives you a chance to kind of identify with the characters to, you know, really kind of get behind them and root for them. And then you have like the second act of the play, which is just like devastating and makes you rethink your decision to stay for the second act of the play. And that's what we got going on here. Uh, so like you said, we're going to a wedding it is a fun time we got uh tom scarrett's shooting uh at birds in this tree which seems like the worst way to uh chase birds out of a tree to be completely honest because he shoots up there about ten thousand times never able to get rid of them uh there's there's the two brothers there running around causing trouble getting in the way uh but we find out that it is uh none other than shelby's wedding shelby played by julia roberts she is she is there she is looking forward to the big day her mom uh malin uh played by sally field is there she's uh getting the glass where all the glassware is broken she's trying to make a thousand phone calls she's trying to get her uh crazy husband to stop shooting his gun up into the tree she's trying to get all this all this stuff done the boys have got like like i don't know like ten thousand condoms they're gonna blow up and put on the car like like it's just absolute like pandemonium here in this first five minutes you're like what what is happening this is pure chaos i cannot keep track of this stuff heads or tails yeah i i'm so uh amazed how they did these long shots too because they went through this house and it looks like it's a real house um it does not i mean if it's inside a, a set uh i'm i would be amazed and i think it, it was is a real shot. house you can it go is, and stay there yeah you can it's amazing and but the way that they shoot this because they're shooting 
they've got the foreground where you, the mom is like, uh, I can't deal with this right now. I've got those champagne glasses. The boys are throwing ice down her back and she is not losing her mind. At that point, I think I would have dropped about 47 F-bombs. I would have screamed at all of them. Uh, and she does yell, but she still stays very composed because she's a lady from the style. And um, yeah. it's it's amazing. Drum is her husband, and he is it's shooting, but they're blanks, and he would never point a gun at a lady, and that that needs to be noted because um, he's alienating the entire neighborhood by like shooting at this tree, um, trying to get all the birds out of the tree by, <laughs> by the time the reception starts because they don't want birds to poop all over their their friends and family that are gathering in this tent background. They've got a tent. I don't know why this is such a big deal, but um, Malin hides the gun on her way out. Uh, she and her daughter Shelby are going over to Truvy's. Truvy is uh, the most successful hairdresser and beauty technician in uh, Chickapin Parish. And so they're going to get their hair done and their nails done to get all beautified before this wedding. And um, and I love how we have this kind of juxtaposition because we see what's going on in this crazy house. And then we see a much calmer <laughs> area, which is Truvy's house, right? She's a... Uh, working on uh, a bunch of different things and none of them are involving guns. It's great. She has a bunch of stuff going on. She has her own uh, troubles there, though. Her husband is there. They're having kind of this uh, conversation, uh, so, sort of escalated, uh, kind of back and forth and yelling out the window and stuff like that. We've got uh, Anel, who you'd mentioned, walking through the town. She stumbles upon Truvies. She, she gets there, uh, played by Daryl Hannah. And uh, yeah, what are we what are we what are we learning so far? We find out that Anel uh, was uh, uh, basically the tops in her class uh, beauty school. So she's going to come and help Truvy. That is why she's walking through town. She has just gotten there. Uh, Melinda. Lynn and Shelby are on their way to go get their wedding hair done. We've got uh, the neighbor, uh, Weeza, by the uh, played by Shirley MacLaine. She's there. Uh, she she is not loving uh, what Drum is doing uh, with the gun. On a side note, she's got her poor dog there. He's like shedding all of his fur. He's stressed out uh, beyond all belief. I don't know if I'm assuming that they, they faked that, but it looked really, really pretty real that that dog was real stressed out about what was going on. I uh, hope hope for the uh, the dog's sake there that, that that was all just some uh, movie magic. But, but yeah, the 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 salon stuff is is very important it's very kind of vital part of this and we're getting the stage set for who these people are um that because in the actual play i think the whole play takes place within the confines of this uh salon and this is kind of the kind of the heartbeat for the for the women of this uh, uh louisiana town yeah, that's right. Um, so a bunch of things are happening today. It's Easter Sunday. So, of course, Truvy's trying to help out. Um, she's got about, I don't know, 4,352 eggs um, that need to be dyed. Her husband is like, I run out of stuff and I can't get this. I can't get any more dye. It's Sunday morning. And so they're freaking out about that. Her son. Um, Plan ahead, is, Truvy. Come on. No, right. Uh, <laughs> There's, that means you need 18 different bags of dye. Anyway, uh, her son is not being helpful. Her She's just met Anel. She's trying to um, kind of run her through her paces a little bit to give her this big bouffant hairstyle. Um, that works out beautifully. But they've got a big day ahead because they got a lot of clients coming. We've got uh, Clary, uh, played by, as you said, Olympia Tukakis. She was the former mayor's wife. Um, her husband had just passed uh, this previous November. Um, she's getting her hair done for this wedding. Of course, Shelby and her mom, Malin, they're getting their hair done for this uh, for this wedding. Um, so Anel and Truvy are running around this morning and it's a busy morning. Um, and they put together, you know, this is late 80s, right? So this is big bouffant hair. Um, I remember watching this scene 
seen in the early 90s as a little girl and all I wanted was Julia Robert Hare uh, before she teased it up. So she takes it out of the curlers and you've got these ginormous curls and it was like princessy and beautiful and her hair's all like this kind of golden auburn brown like color. It's just stunning. And um, and then she teases it all and puts it in this big bouffant and uses about 50 pounds of hairspray. Um, but it's been very stressful. And we have a scene here that uh, becomes crucial to kind of the development of, of what happens in the play. Um, this, this is in the mid 80s. This is when it took, takes place. And Shelby is a type one diabetic. And so she goes into um, insulin shock in the middle mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. this and uh if you don't know what to expect it's very scary when you watch this because she um starts to have a reaction on uh fortunately for her all the women know what to do except for anel anel's brand new to this so she's kind of watching uh wondering if she needs to call the police or you know 911 um but they know what to do they get her some juice they give her some candy um and she gets some more sugar into her system and she calms down but um it kind of cracks open this chasm of uh what's really going on today and why things are as stressful as they are as as they would be any day you're getting married but there's a lot of other stuff at play here that's right yeah anel is uh is not very uh useful in this situation or uh kind of most situations uh to be honest but yeah they get her they get her calmed down they get her some juice they uh you know get this get this uh blood sugar uh sorted out but yeah it's it's very important right because uh basically it's her wedding day she's going uh, off to be with her husband she's having conversations with her mother about how how you know kind of important it is for her uh husband to be jackson played by dylan mcdermott to to have kids she wants to have kids with them uh but you know the doctor says uh Roberts, uh, type one diabetic, uh, don't maybe, maybe don't have kids. Maybe that's bad, bad news. Maybe you shouldn't do that. And Malin says, yeah, maybe, maybe you shouldn't do that because you know, you got to take care of yourself first. You know, it's what's what use is uh, having a kid if you're not going to be there uh, to take care of it. Uh, so these are all things that you need to think about, but Shelby only has one thing on her mind and that is getting to the wedding. Uh, get me to the church on time. And that is what happens. We go, we have the wedding. Anel gets invited to, uh, kind of the party. Uh, what do you, uh, the wedding reception that's what those are called she goes to the wedding reception uh i really kind of like uh anel kind of in this section uh as a character that i don't i don't i don't i don't really fully kind of understand through this movie but um she's there and she's kind of wandering around talking talking to people she's like i don't really know why i'm here i just showed up into town today all of a sudden i'm i'm working at this salon i'm at this uh, wedding reception uh this has all happened very fast but she does meet someone she meets sammy the bartender uh there he's uh mixing her up a drink and that is a good good time what does he make it he makes her a cherry coke and he says it's going to be the best cherry coke you've ever had i guarantee something like that so uh, that's delicious there's your uh, bonus mocktail cherry coke so uh yeah what do you think about the uh about the wedding about the festivities and about you know shelby's decision to to maybe have a kid put herself on the line the danger line yeah, this the the wedding is really cool because there's a bunch of scenes where you have different dancers like showing off and doing cool stuff. It's it's a very southern wedding. Um, I grew up in Texas, which is not technically the South, but it's close enough to Louisiana. So I I remember growing up and seeing a lot of weddings that were very much like this, where you had, um, you know, you had that champagne fountain. Um, I will say everything is covered in pink, and I mean everything. I love pink uh, almost more than I love breathing, and this is a lot of pink. <laughs> it is big hair. It's a lot of they're pink 
bunting everywhere. I mean, what does Shelby's mom say? It looks like the place has been hosed down with Pepto-Bismol. I mean, it is a lot of pink. And um, we have no birds, uh, which is great. Um, Drum uh, couldn't find his gun, so he ended up, like, shooting uh, firecrackers into the tree. Uh, it almost caught on fire. It was really bad. Um, but And now he's half deaf. Uh, so he can't, so he's screaming everything at everybody because he can't hear anybody speak. Um, that's kind of a funny moment. Um, but one of the things that I loved about this uh, scene or these group of scenes at the reception was Malin does try to talk to Jackson and Jackson's really happy. He's uh, making jokes about how he's really glad that, you know, Shelby decided to marry him because there was uh, some some reservations on her part because she really wants to marry him, but she knows that, you know, this child thing is going to be a, this is going to be an issue. Um, and Malin tries to talk to him and say, look, you know, please just think about it. And he says, oh, I know, I, I got it. I, I, I think it's going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. I hear what you're saying. Um, but Malin, you know, you don't know what she thinks of Jackson, but you feel like she doesn't think very much of him because if he thought, if you, you know, if he loved her the way that she loves her daughter, um, he wouldn't be, you know, pressuring her to have a baby um, mm -hmm. or to start a family in in any of those ways. And what I find interesting is the way that they talk about Jackson in that way as a mother and daughter, because Shelby will say things like, oh, well, we're you know, we're going to try and adopt or we're going to just buy a kid, you know, <laughs> we're, it's going to be fine. And, um, but Malin is not convinced. And at the end when, um, you know, we've got the condom covered car, it's like an old, old mobile. It's like 75 feet long, comes around uh, to pick them up. She's tells her mom, you know, in this moment, while well, she's putting the corsage on her, she says, I, I, it's going to be okay. And I'm not stupid and it's going to be fine. And, uh, and then she gets in the car and they, they go off and everyone's waving goodbye. And it's a really kind of bittersweet scene already <laughs> because you know that she's just, she's worried for her daughter, Malin is, and she doesn't have any control over what's going to happen next. And it's, it's scary. That's right. Yeah. Curtain down on our first act there. That is uh, where the happiness ends and we're about to take a tragic turn. So uh, fast forward a little bit come Christmas time from this Easter. Uh, turns out that Shelby is pregnant and expecting uh, baby boy. Malin says that I told you this was a bad idea. Why Why don't you listen, listen to your mom? I guess moms are right most of the time. So uh, maybe right here, but she wants to have, have a baby. Maybe everything is going to be okay. You know, Truby is encouraging her saying, you know, everything's going to be okay. We're still getting these chats at the at the salon kind of going through this uh section uh which is pretty great and you know everything seems to maybe kind of go off without a hitch right shelby has the kid everything looks looks a-okay for for a little bit at least yeah yeah well there's a scene where uh it's right after jackson's first birthday he was born in july uh, on the third of july they have this really uh sweet like um birthday party for him where he tries to blow out candles and i don't know uh you were a kid in the 80s i was a kid in the 80s the cake if you look at the cake the the balloons on that cake are these like little um plastic balloons that were on like every single cake from like 1982 to 1990 um mm -hmm. and so i totally recognize those that was that was kind of neat and nostalgic to see but um malin and Shelby go to Truvy's to get their hair done and get their nails done. And Truvy is kind of confused as to why they're wanting all of these things done uh, kind of last minute. 
And um, it turns out as they're, uh, Truby's trying to work on Shelby's nails that um, Shelby was wrong or Malin was right that the doctor said, you know, she shouldn't have kids. It's not whether or not she could. Uh, it's really done a number on her kidneys. Um, and I, I don't know enough. I'm not a doctor. I don't know enough to say if that was something that was very common back then in the eighties, if you had type mm -hmm. one diabetes or mm -hmm. if there were other complications, but she, um, was going to be on dialysis forever unless somebody, um, she got a donor, uh, for a kidney. And of course her mom is, uh, of similar tissue type. So, uh, they go right into this kind of surgical, uh, part of the movie where, uh, Malin gives uh, Shelby one of her kidneys and they go through this together. And the girls uh, at Truvy's salon are just kind of incredulous that first they, they had no idea that this was happening. It's happening like tomorrow it's all done. Um, you know, there's, there's, they don't really want to talk about it because it's a very scary situation. I mean, this, there was a lot going into transplants in general. Uh, Clarice trying to be funny and make jokes. Um, and Weeza is having a kind of a crisis of conscious moment because she had just said how she couldn't wait uh, for her body to give up on her. She's uh, Weeza is one of my favorite characters. She's this very curmudgeon old woman. Um, mm -hmm. She's like, I'm not crazy. I just have been in a very bad mood for 40 years. And she totally <laughs> reminds me of my mom when my mom was alive. She's just real angry. She's had a lot of bad luck with men. She's had a lot of bad luck with kids. Like she's nobody's done anything for her. She's older than she's older than dirt. She's richer than God. And that's the only reason why people put up with her at all. And, and they know it. Um, <laughs> It, she's great, but she feels really bad. So she and Clarie are at the grocery store trying to like, you know, get all this food for the family. And she feels really bad that she said she wanted to wait till her, she couldn't wait till her body gave up on her because Shelby is very young and it's mm. already looking like um, she's not in the best place. I mean, when you're in your early twenties and you're getting a transplant, that's never a good sign. Yeah, exactly. And we spend a lot of kind of the second act of of the film with, you know, Shelby and Malin in the hospital and, you know, and a lot of and for a lot of that, Shelby is, you know, unconscious or uh, kind of comatose in this as she's going through the process of uh, getting the kidney transplant. And then when, you know, she kind of starts to reject that and go and then they ultimately, you know, have to have to make the decision on whether to, uh, you know, keep her on uh, life support there. So uh, a lot of uh, really, really kind of tragic stuff and it all happens. And like you said, this very kind of whirlwind thing, you know, from we go from from Easter to Christmas to the next Fourth of July, um, you know, and all of this stuff has kind of happened. So really, it's all happened very quickly. And something else that happens very quickly in the film, we've got Anel. She is still there. She's still working at the salon. But all of a sudden, she is uh, very, very religious, which is, uh, I don't know, kind of kind of to the chagrin of you know definitely uh sammy uh her husband and kind of the the rest of the friend group but um i, I don't know like i that, that that seems to come kind of out of out of left field i don't really know they didn't explore that and that's probably partly because this was based on a play so you know it doesn't have the the time or the luxury of digging into all these stories but that was kind of kind of something else that's just happening i guess on kind of the the periphery of the story because really our main focus here is uh shelby and uh her mother malin and then you know obviously unfortunately shelby passes away you know far too young you know kind of kind of rolled the dice here on having this having this kid and that leaves malin then left alive to bear that you know they say you know parents shouldn't have to have to bury their children so obviously she 
she's dealing with that. But then also, you know, was she in the right to protest her getting pregnant in the first place? Should she have done more? Should she have done less? And let Shelby uh, kind of come to those conclusions on on her own. You know, what role did she play ultimately in, you know, her losing her life? Or was that her role to play to begin with? And I think that that kind of uh, character um you know, bit there and Sally Field does a really good job as kind of this this grieving, you know, tormented mother um as Malin is uh, really well done. Yeah, the the funeral scene is probably one of the hardest scenes uh I remember watching growing up in my formative years. I mean, if you're not into it, you're you you almost laugh because there's so much grief. Um, you don't really know what to do with it as you're watching it on the screen. Um, it is so impeccably played. Uh, by Sally Field, because uh, on one hand, she's like, look, I would have done anything for my daughter to do have have the kind of body and health that I have. Like I can go to, I can run to Texas, but my daughter can't and she never could. And it's not fair. And I'm not ready for this. And you don't know um, what, you know, she's like, I can't take this. This is, I just, I feel so awful. And is she ever going to know is that baby ever going to know what she gave up to have him? Like the love that a parent has for their child, is he ever going to really appreciate that? Because we're all here with our worlds destroyed because she wanted to be a mom more than anything in the world. And it's really uh, tough. It goes very, it goes, it goes almost too far. <laughs> and then of course, as, as friends do, they, they, you know, Clary comes up with this great idea um, to have Malin hit the snot at a Weeza. And of course it, everybody kind of laughs, it breaks the tension. Um, but it's, that's a real tough scene. Um, because you just, all of them play their part so well. And it's, it's in that scene actually, where we get the name, uh, Steel Magnolias. Now, at a moment of critique, I, I, the play probably does this a lot better than the movie does. I never understood why it was called Steel Magnolias. Um, they don't really talk about it, but you do, they allude to it a little bit in that scene where when it comes time to turn the machines off and they realize there is no hope that, you know, Shelby's never going to wake up. Um, all the men kind of, they, they, they sign the documents and then they say their goodbyes and then they leave the room and it's just Malin there holding mm -hmm. Shelby's hand when they turn off the machines and her heart stops and, and she, um, she passes away. And so Malin says that, you know, men are supposed to be made out of steel, but, but it's really us, uh, us that, that, that are the tough ones. And it's, uh, really a beautiful sentiment, uh, around it. I mean, the, the funeral is a very tough scene in general, but I, I love that idea that throughout all of these things that are happening, it's this band of friendship and family and just this community that is rallying around um, all of these different people in the different times of their lives and what they're going through that really makes it all worthwhile somehow in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I also really love that, um, that kind of sentiment. And like I said, it really kind of speaks to the to the strength of having a, a community of uh, strong uh, women that can get kind of band together and, um, you know, times of in times of joy and in times of sadness. And that's really what we're exploring here, you know, between between the wedding and the birth and the death. And um, then that um, my kind of my kind of big I guess the thing that really I I didn't enjoy about the movie then is you know as Malin is is kind of grieving in the immediate aftermath of of this funeral and um you know Anel comes up and is talking to her um yeah it, it seems like Malin kind of kind of turns the switch a little quick you know and kind of getting to the sentiment of of life goes on I it, that felt a little um 
I don't know, almost dismissive, I guess, of what had happened and, and what we'd just seen in a way, like kind of the way that 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 switch gets flipped. But, you know, I, I kind of understand getting getting to that point. And uh, I don't know that it was worth elongating uh, the story or how else you would have kind of gotten her to that point unless you know then it really became a story about um about malin and in a way i guess the story is about malin but but not really it's it's really kind of about um kind of the the central core of these of these women and uh, like i said kind of the heartbeat of this you know salon where they they went to you know kind of you know and gossip and exchange ideas and you know uh complain and bicker and praise and and have this joy of you know the women of this town so uh yeah and then basically uh what's her name uh and i was like oh and i'm pregnant too by the way so that's okay though uh life life does go on uh hopefully uh, anel and sammy can be uh very happy there uh going forward and steal magnolias too so uh michaela that is that's that's basically kind of kind of the 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 crux of the story right um uh yeah you get the sentiment that life is going to go on um anel you know announces that she's pregnant and it kind of kind of runs through that kind of just you know there very very briefly um at the end of the film but mm -hmm. um that's 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 what the story is about so you yeah. had you had seen um this a bunch of times you'd said you know obviously you'd watch this kind of growing up your formative years this was you know uh, like you'd mentioned, very important to, um, you know, per particularly to to women. You referenced the chick flick, which we don't uh, necessarily love that uh, that terminology for stuff like this, because there's a lot to to gleam for everyone in movies like this. But uh, you know, very important to uh, women in the in the late '80s, early '90s when this came out, and obviously the story is uh, resonated now for uh, generations, uh, similar to Fried Green Tomatoes and Little Women that we've talked about here over the last couple weeks on the show as well. So uh, tell everyone a little bit about your kind of experience with. This. This, your initial takeaways as a young a young girl a young woman um growing up you know into your kind of more formative years and then uh now that uh we're full-fledged adults uh so <laughs> i guess allegedly anyways uh what are what are your thoughts about this um as you've grown up with it yeah i i mean on one hand it's it's really symbolic i think that it starts uh at easter uh, at a wedding and then it ends at easter where um, it's four years later and little Jackson Jr. is at his own egg hunt, right? Um, that, you know, just four years before, um, you know, Truvy and the, and her, her, her girls were trying to put all these eggs out, uh, and, and color them for, for this event, right. That's supposed to happen in the town center. It's, it very much, uh, goes kind of comes full circle with this idea that life goes on because as you said, you know, uh, Anel is pregnant. She's very pregnant. She actually goes into labor in the middle of this, in the middle of this field. Um, I don't know what she's doing. Eighty-seven months pregnant in the middle of a field, but it 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 ends on a really joyous note because they get everybody into the car and they're going down a crossing crossing the river and they're taking the same tour, the same route that Anel actually took going into town. Um, but she was on foot before and now uh, she's pregnant about to have a baby. Um, and so it's kind of neat how it goes full circle. You have the same score kind of finishing up uh, the story. Um, this film, I, I really loved. And I thought that uh, growing up, it was about like a mom and a daughter. So I definitely thought this was a kind of a mother daughter film more than anything else. As I've watched it, as I've gotten older, it's, it's so much more than that. And I think um, that part of the reason why it still is kind of a fan favorite, it, it didn't win a lot of 
accolades from a critical perspective, but it did win like best picture or people's favorite for the people's choice awards um, that year. And it still comes up on uh, numerous lists of, Hey, what about, you know, female empowerment video, you know, movies or quote unquote chick flicks. I'm not a fan of that term um, because I think that you don't have to be a chick to like this film or glean any uh, sense of uh, goodness about it. Right. It's uh, I don't like that term, but it's definitely on a lot of lists still to this day. And it's, you know, it's 25 years old, 35, sorry, it's 35 years old this this year. So um, to be able to do that and still do it in a way where, um, you know, you really uh, just can't argue with the amount of acting prowess that that this group of women have and the way that they put this film together, it's really well done. I mean, uh, it's the scenes and we, we would take longer than the film to like, you know, analyze every single scene, but the relationships between Clary and Weeza and the relationships between uh, Weeza and Malin, because Weeza absolutely hates Malin's husband, but she doesn't let it, they don't let that get in the way of their friendship, um, mm -hmm. which is, which is a lesson for me in my life, for sure. Um, if, you know, it, it's like, hey, you're not going to like everybody, but you you can hold steady and, and hold fast to the to the people that you do care about. Um, and somehow that makes it all OK. I, I, I just really think that this film has resonated with so many people on all different walks of lives um, because of all of the different things that they take. They talk about um, having a, a gay a nephew come out to them. I mean, there, which is, is seems way before it's time in 1988. Right. And, and they mm -hmm. don't talk about it in a, in a derogatory sense at all. They're like, well, this is how we did that. And how do you know if someone's gay anyway? And you know, what, what was their, I mean, what was their experience and just, and they, they do it while they're getting their hair done and it's in a really um, organic way. I just think that that's what made this film so special and why it's still on, you know, the top 10 lists of all time for some of these types of films. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the the movie itself is is pretty good. I really like, um, you know, we kind of talked about how this was in in two acts. And the, and the first act of this is quirky um, and funny as all get out. Um, it, it's it's completely like a completely different uh, movie. If you read like the synopsis, they, it's basically it says it's about this this girl that goes to be a hairdresser in this town. But that doesn't like even like begin to scratch the surface of what this what this movie is about, uh, which I think is is kind of strange. And so uh, when I sat down to watch this for the first ever time, I didn't really know uh, what I was uh, going to be getting into. I knew that there was there was kind of this uh, like sadder backbone to it, but you didn't know like, you know, in the first 45 minutes of the movie, you're like, this is just like a, a quirky comedy about these uh, these weird, you know, ladies that have these, you know, crazy personalities and uh, crazy hair and and all the stuff that's going on. And then, yeah, it, it takes this big turn and then you're left with, you know, kind of these, uh, you know, kind of raw like emotions and and feelings that you have to kind of kind of parse out and figure out how to deal with that you know the same way that the the women here in the in the story do um i i like the the setting at easter i i think that that you know normally is meant to represent some sort of like like rebirth or resurrection i don't really get that message kind of out of this i mean i guess they kind of allude to it and and the fact that you know um shelby passes away but and that the life will go on but i don't really I, I don't know if that's getting that's getting past then to to an L. So I, I think maybe 
just kind of kind of metaphorically, I didn't really connect with it in that level, um, so to speak. But I, I think the kind of the power of seeing these women uh, together and come together and, you know, like I said, be joyous and grieve and do all those things uh, together is really great. Um, Michaela, you mentioned it. Julia Roberts uh, nominated here for Best Supporting Actress. She would also be nominated the following year for Pretty Woman for Best Leading Actress, uh, you know, fresh off her uh, Mystic Pizza uh, role there. So uh, coming into uh, full power, um, I have to say, watching this, Julia Roberts, uh, very, very lovely, uh, very well acted, very well done. Uh, I, I think that uh, that award nomination could have and should have maybe gone to any number of people, uh, including Miss Dolly Parton, because she is incredible as Truby Jones. Absolutely. And we love, I love how she talks about her own life uh, very seldom, but you, you, she brings out this whole thing that happened with Shelby really um, helps her understand where she is and how she's feeling about her own life. Right. So she's married to a guy named Spud. Um, he is looking for work. He's um, you know, and they're, they're, He's not uh, big on words. He's not big on big romantic gestures. So she wants all the gossip about romance. That's her favorite thing. And then when Shelby dies, her husband actually uh, kind of shakes him to the core where he says, I, I don't know if something like this ever happened to me. I don't know what I do. And um, and and really kind of helps um, their relationship get to be more uh, fulfilling for probably both of them. Right. And uh, Shelby does a lot of things, right. I love her, you know, she wanted to be kind of a, a quote unquote guardian angel for all of these women. Weezes, this curmudgeonly old woman, uh, you know, there was a guy named Owen from a billion years ago and he came back in town. And uh, of course, Shelby opens that can of worms for her. <laughs> and, and now that, you know, by the end of the film, they're, you know, they're together. Um yeah, it's it's a really cool way of of showing that life does go on and how any one person can can, can create goodness um, even for the short time that they're on Earth. But the acting, I have to agree with you there. I, I mean, I think Julia Roberts was amazing and I'm so glad that she um, went on to do all the things that she did um, from an actor, somebody who used to act. Um, I think that her portion of this play or this 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 group of characters um it, it, it we're overlooking a lot of more profound performances i think in this mm -hmm. movie um and so i i think you're absolutely right there i was glad to see that she got accolades but i definitely think i mean all you know all of them deserve something uh so deserve some sort of oscar nod because the layers upon layers of what they're trying to deal with and how they, the decisions that they made on that screen were pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that is Steel Magnolias. Uh, it's really good. Uh, quick, funny story. Um, I mentioned it's kind of these two parts. My, I was, I sat down and watched this with, uh, my mother. Um, we had, uh, just, just gotten home and decided to put on a movie and I said, hey, I gotta watch this for the podcast. Uh, let's, let's do that. I've never seen it. My mom had never seen it either, uh, which was kind of surprising to me, but we put it on. Uh, we watched about the first 50 ish minutes of the movie. Uh, she fell asleep and woke up and she says, what happened, uh, to everyone? And I was like, oh, uh, well, <laughs> well, Shelby died and there was a kid and everyone <laughs> was sad and all this bad stuff happened. And my mom says, I thought this was just a comedy. Uh, and it turns out if you only watch the first four. 40-ish minutes of the movie. That's exactly what you get. So uh, there you go. That is uh, Steel Magnolias. Uh, 
Really good. I'm glad to have uh, crossed it off the uh, the movie bucket list. I can certainly see why uh, it has so much wide appeal to uh, people of, of all ages and all backgrounds, because there's something to gleam from uh, this story about this uh, group of uh, women that come to come to the support and aid and friendship of each other. So uh, let us know at home what you think about Steel Magnolias. Was this something that you grew up with? Was this something that you've uh, never seen and just watching for the first time? Is this something that you really like the uh, the comedic bits at the front? And, uh, you know, that you know, don't love, don't love the sad bits. Maybe the sad bits hit you harder. Let us know all that stuff and let us know if you make the Shelby uh, strawberry vodka cocktail because you totally should do that uh, all the yeah. time for sure. Um, if you don't want to do strawberry vodka, on a side note, use some strawberry soda in there. Make yourself a mocktail. That'd be good too. So do that. Send us pictures of that. Let us know what you think about uh, the cocktail, all that stuff. You can do that on our social media. It's at Drink the Movies on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. If you want to see pictures of our Shelby, of our uh, uh, episode recaps of all of the recipes we've done for all 129 episodes. You can do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. Go there. Uh, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash drinkthemovies if you want some extra bonus content. We've got our uh, bonus episode for Andor. Uh, should be up, I believe, now at this point. So you can go check that out and all of our other bonus episodes and cocktail chats and hangouts, all that stuff. All that information is there. Um but what you really want to do, Michaela, what really helps the podcast the most is uh, getting some reviews going. Uh, five stars, uh, if you please. Uh, but let us let us know what you think about the podcast and get subscribed. Where can people do that? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Good Pods, Near Pods, anywhere where you're listening right now. I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere on your phone. Press that button. Uh, there's also a review button uh, on your phone. Leave us a review. It helps us build the community, gets more drink the movie stuff out there. Um, if you're loving what you're hearing, we do two drops a week. We sure enjoy giving, uh, uh, talking about movies and bringing cocktails to you. So let us do it again. That's right. Let us do it again, and we will be doing it again next week, Michaela. We are talking about a classic cocktail, um, a, a classic, classic cocktail uh, from way back in the day. We're going to be talking about that and talking about a classic, classic movie from way back in the day. That is Lawrence of Arabia. Look for that coming out uh, next week. And uh, yeah, make sure you get subscribed, all that good stuff. And I don't know, Michaela, that was Steel Magnolias. It was it was it was the best of times. It was the saddest of times. Um, it was the best time getting your hair done uh, by Dolly Parton. That would be great. Uh, yeah. She do a good job. A lot of Aquanet going on there for sure. Uh, but hopefully some of this uh, Shelby strawberry vodka goodness. So we're going to we're going to swing by Truvies, see if we can get ourselves a cocktail. And we'll talk to everyone next time on Drink. Drink the, the movies. movies. The nicest thing I can say about her is all her tattoos are spelled correctly. I thought you might just go into like a like a 10 minute just monologue. about. I'm tempted. Things. I'm very tempted, but I don't think anybody wants to hear that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hit stop. Save us all. Yeah. Save us all. <laughs>